Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. You are listening live to Aquatic Wetline Radio Show with your host, the Aquatic Man himself, Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is a one-stop radio show for everything freshwater, including cichlids, catfish, oddballs, lagos, and much more. Plus, we will be discussing saltwater and reptiles. Aquatic Wetline is your original fish keeper podcast that started it all for the fish keepers. What is on the aquatic discussion tonight? Let's dive down into the Aquatic Wetline headquarters and find out. Here's your host, Aqua Alex. Take it away, Alex. Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Atari Tales USA. School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatic. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc. and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality in freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Aqua Alex. Now, Aqua Alex, take it away. Happy Easter from all of us at the Aquatic Wetline to all of you listening right now to this show. Oscar Alex really hopes you guys have a fantastic Easter. Don't forget to purchase your fish some delicious Akari goodies from your local fish store or pet store. Akari offers some fantastic treats such as frozen bloodworms, frozen brine shrimp, or even some delicious pellets such as Akari Cichlid Gold. So offer your fish the finest quality products with Akari this Easter. And if you're from Western Massachusetts, check out School of Fish Inc. right here in Springfield, Massachusetts for some wonderful aquarium equipment and aquarium fish in both freshwater and saltwater. So once again, Happy Easter to all of our listeners. Now, let's get on to the big fat Easter bunny, Oscar Alice Cardinelli, live from Springfield, Mass. Well, 
Hello, fish keepers, and welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Wetline here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode, whether you're listening live or you're listening to the archive version of today's episode. I want to say thank you for tuning in tonight. I've got a fantastic show in store for you today, and today we have a topic that is very popular in the aquarium hobby. This is a favorite topic of mine, and one I should have done a while ago here on the Aquatic Wetline, but needless to say, I'm very happy to be doing this show tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. But before we get to the topic, I want to introduce my co-host for Wednesday. So without further ado, let's bring on our fantastic co-host. Here is the discus man, William T., also known as Hannah Pro Discus. Welcome to the show, William. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing great today, Alex. I want to thank you for inviting me to be co-host with you on this fantastic show we're going to have. And I'm looking forward to contributing to your show. Awesome. So I'm happy to have you here tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. Now tonight, William and I have a fantastic topic that we're going to cover. I know a lot of fish keepers are going to love this topic. So tonight, we're going to talk about fish food. No matter what fish you keep in the aquarium hobby, you must know about fish food. So tonight, we're going to talk about fish food. Now, our agenda for tonight, some of the topics we're going to cover are how many times per day to feed your fish, what to feed your fish, the benefits of live foods, and why not to feed goldfish. I'll talk about why goldfish are bad for uh, food, and we'll talk about why market shrimp can be a good food and more. we got plenty of fish food discussion going on tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. And if you're listening live to the show, don't forget to call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two if you have any questions. So if you have any questions on the the foods you're feeding your fish, or any questions on fish food in general, go ahead and call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, or you can tell us your favorite fish food brands. One more time, that's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Well, we've got a lot of fish food stuff to talk about tonight, so let's go ahead and get started. I want to start by talking about some of my personal favorite fish foods. Some of my personal favorite fish food brands are Hikari Sales USA, and I know what you're thinking. Hikari Sales USA is not one of my favorites just because they sponsor me. I actually do like their food as well. Another favorite uh, food brand of mine is New Life Spectrum and Omega-1. I like to feed my fish, Hikari frozen bloodworm, Hikari frozen brine shrimp, krill, Hikari pellets. Once in a while, I'll give them New Life Spectrum pellets. And then my Corridoras catfish, my Pictus catfish, and my Sun catfish loves the Omega-1 shrimp pellets. And for my juvenile baby fish, they get the Marine Land Color Enhancing Tropical Fish Food Flakes. And it tends to bring out the best coloration in fish, and I find that to be very true. The other fish food I provide is live earthworms, which are great for my Oscars, and sometimes live crayfish, and sometimes market shrimp and tilapia. Earthworms are a great treat for fish. 
William, I'm curious, what are some of your favorite fish foods? Well, and you know me, I have mainly discus as my priority fish, and my expertise is on discus. But I also have some other fish uh, along. I have some angels and and some bristle nose and fish like this. And and uh, what I do is I get a flake food from uh, uh, you know a, a website. Uh, there, it's. I'm not going to plug them because I won't do that. Uh, but it's pre- premium beef heart flake food, high premium, and I feed tetra high color, and I also feed meat pie gel food from Rapashi, and I feed blood worms from Hikari, and I also feed brine shrimp, uh, I also feed them uh, Misi shrimp on occasion, and I feed them a homemade recipe that I do, uh, and I feed them a variety every day. I alternate each meal during the meals that I feed my fish, and that's some of my favorite food. Now, I do like Omega-1. Uh, however, I have a pet coat in town here where I live, and they deal mostly with Tetra. So I have to order a lot of my fish food online. Now, I also like earthworms uh, to feed my uh, my bristle nose. And I feed my bristle nose the Rapashi meat pie. So, yeah, they get a variety of food every day. Awesome. Sounds like they're getting a wonderful diet. Yes, they are. <laughs> they're eating better than <laughs> I am, Alex. <laughs> That's great. You really do love your fish, then. Yes, I do. Awesome. Well, William, can you please explain to us how often to feed your fish? Well, sure. I will also talk about overfeeding as well, because overfeeding is very common in the aquarium hobby today and and has been for many years. Now, overfeeding is the most common mistake fish owners make. Now, overfeeding clogs the filter and breaks down into toxins that are harmful to fish, hence the warnings on the packages. Now, in nature, fish eat whenever they are hungry and whenever food is available. Now, if food sources are plentiful, they will eat several times a day. On the other hand, if food sources are scarce, they may might go for days between meals. For this reason... Fish are very opportunistic and will eat whenever they have a chance. That means that if you offer them food, they will usually gobble it up even if they aren't starving or actually very hungry. Keep that in mind the next time your fish beg for food. You know, fish quickly learn who brings the food to the tank and will jump at the chance to be fed, even if they are not in dire need of food. So you've got to realize there's only two things, or actually three things, that fish do in an aquarium. They eat, they play with the fish mates, and they breed. And what else have they got? What's the most pleasurable thing they can do? Eat. So that's the main thing they really want to do. Now, you want to really realize how often to feed your fish. So how often and how much should fish be fed? Well, frequency will vary based on the type of fish. In general, 
most fish do quite well on one feeding per day. Now, a lot of you hobbyists feed one meal per day. However, the overfeeders will sometimes feed uh, a bunch of food, figuring that's that will take care of the feeding for that one meal a day. However, some owners prefer to feed their fish twice a day. Now, regardless of one or two feedings, the key is to keep the feedings very small, and the timing is not really critical, with the exception of nocturnal feeders, of course, such as certain catfish. And if you have nocturnal fish in your tank, be sure to feed them just before turning out the lights at night. Now, there are some exceptions to the once-per-day feeding rule. Herbivores, vegetarians, need to eat frequently because they do not have large stomachs to hold a lot of food. Now, in nature, they would graze all day long on plants. They should be given several small feedings a day or provided uh, with live plants they can nibble. Now, newly hatched fry and young fish not fully grown require more frequent feedings of special foods designed strictly for them. Now, how much food? Well, as far as for how much food to feed, a good rule of thumb is to feed no more than the fish will consume completely in less than five minutes. Or, or up to five minutes, you know, but putting little bits in at a time. And when you notice the food, the food's still there and falling to the bottom, no more. Don't put any more food in there. When in doubt, underfeed, because it will not really hurt your fish to miss a meal. In fact, I actually fast my fish one day a week regardless of what I feed them. And you can always give them another small feeding if necessary. So, however, if you overfeed, the uneaten food will produce byproducts, which can be harmful to the fish. In the event you do overfeed, promptly remove the uneaten food using a siphon or net and check your water parameters and see how the ammonia is doing because as the food break, if you don't get it all out and the food breaks down, you can get an ammonia spike, and which could harm your fish. So if you do overfeed, you may want to do a 10% or 20% water change. Now, as a final note, keep in mind that not only the amount, but the type of food is important as well. Now, discus is outside of the general rules of feeding because their metabolism is different and growth is very important in order to grow to maximum size as quick as possible to have more sperm and eggs per pair. Now, I feed my juvies six small meals a day because of metabolism, uh, because of their metabolism rate, and my adults two times a day with the same rule of within five minutes. Within five minutes. The reason is because the adults do not really need to grow anymore or at a faster rate because they're already adults. But the, but the juvies need to grow as fast as possible to take on shape, color, and the amount of sperm and eggs. Because believe it or not, discus are an expensive fish, and you want to get your money's worth out of them. So that's my take on this topic. 
Alex, could you please tell us the three ways to feed a fish? Sure. This is the best part that I have been waiting for for this show. So I've got three different ways to feed a fish, and this is actually going to be talking about the different kinds of fish food briefly. So here we go. Method one of three, choosing a dry fish food. Research your fish species because people at the store where you purchase your fish should be able to help you pick out a fish food if you cannot find information specific to your species online. Find out whether your fish are herbivores, carnivores, or omnivores, and ideally the exact percentage of protein the fish species requires in its diet. Some exotic species require special diets, but most fish can be fed basic fish food, flakes, or pellets. However, don't go rushing to the pet store just yet. Find a fish food specific to your fish if possible. Many aquarium fish are fed with a general purpose fish food or one intended for a broad category, such as tropical fish. As long as you listen to this carefully, your fish may do fine with the right type of general food. However, if you can find a fish food specific to your fish species or group of related species, your fish will most likely be healthier and happier. These should be labeled clearly as cichlid food, betta food, or catfish food, etc. Pick foods that float, sinks, or slowly sinks depending on your fish's mouth shape. You can ask an aquarium store employee for advice if necessary, but often watching your fish's behavior or mouth shape will be enough to find out what type of food to buy. Bottom feeders such as catfishes and loaches spend time at the bottom of the tank with their downturned or underside mouth searching for food. Mid-feeders have mouths pointing straight ahead and search for food in the middle of the tank. Surface feeders have upturned mouths and cluster to the surface when they are fed. If you are unsure what type your fish is, simply try out a food and see if they successfully find it and eat it. Some fish may not be restricted to one area of the aquarium during feeding. Flake food floats, and it's only suitable for surface feeders. Grand, green granule or pellet food may float, sink slowly, or sink rapidly. Try to find more information on the label before buying. Nowadays, there's a ton of varieties of pellets out there. Almost for every variety of fish, Akari has pellets for uh, small community fish going up to Oscars and larger monster fish. So Akari's got pellets for everyone on the market out there as well. Some of the other companies do too. Now, wafer food sinks to the bottom and is usually too large to be stolen by surface feeders. Now, wafers are usually designed for pocostomous or other bottom-feeding algae eaters. Now, tablet food can be dropped to the bottom of the tank or sometimes stuck to the inside wall of the aquarium to provide food for the mid-feeders. Check the protein content of the fish food. Use the results of your research to narrow down the type of fish food to buy. 
herbivores and omnivores require fish food made mostly from vegetable material such as spirulina. Depending on species, their fish food should contain anywhere from 5 to 40% protein. So research your species truly to narrow down your, op- your options. Carnivores, on the other hand, require a diet between 45% and 70% protein, depending on the species. Make sure the fish food you buy matches the needs of your aquarium fish. Better for carnivores and surface feeders. Their food should contain at least 45% protein, float, and be small enough to fit in a betta's mouth. Betta food is often sold in the form of tiny pellets. Now, goldfish are omnivores and require 30% protein as adults or 45% as young fish. Aquatic plant proteins are easiest for them to digest. They are surface feeders, so flakes are a good choice. Now, make sure your food is small enough for your fish to eat. Many fish swallow their food whole, which means they are unable to break apart large flakes or pellets that do not fit inside their mouth. If the fish you are giving your food or if the food you're giving to your fish is going untouched, or if it looks bigger than your fish's mouth, crush it into pieces before feeding or find a smaller type of food. Now, look up fish food companies online. Before purchasing a dry fish food, search for the brand name and reviews. Well-respected companies that get good reviews from aquarium hobbyists are more likely to make high-quality fish food. All right, method two of three, feeding your fish dry food. Now, once you have found a perfect, reliable, dry food, you can feed your fish. But I suggest feeding in tiny portions. While many people have heard that fish require a pinch of flake food or pellets each feeding, giving them too large of a pinch can give the fish digestive problems or make the tank dirty and unhealthy. Whatever type of dry food you're using, only put in as much food as your fish can eat in three to five minutes. If you put too much food in the tank, scoop it out with a fine net. Warning, better fish should be fed much less than they can eat in five minutes. Two or three small pellets per betta is significant or is enough. Soak pellet food to four feeding. Because many aquarium fish have small stomachs, pellets that absorb water and expand in size may cause digestive problems or bloating in your fish. Soak the pellets in water for 10 minutes before feeding so they expand before the fish eat it rather than in the fish's stomach. Now, you want to feed the fish once or twice a day because it is much easier to overfeed most fish than to give them too little food. One feeding a day may be safer. However, if you are careful to give them small amounts of food as described above, you may feed the fish twice a day. Some aquarium owners prefer this because the fish become more active and interesting to watch during feeding. Look for signs of overfeeding. If a trail of poop is hanging from your fish, their intestine may be partially blocked due to overfeeding or the wrong type of food. 
If the water gets dirty enough that you need to do a water change more than once a week, you may be overfeeding the fish or the tank may be overcrowded. Reduce the amount of food per serving or the number of servings per day to see if the problem goes away within a few days. Ask an aquarium store employee or a fish raising hobbyist for advice if it does not. Spread out the food so everyone gets some. Even within the same species, the larger or more aggressive fish may not leave enough food for the other fish. They may be piggies, like Oscars or like some of the cichlids out there. So make sure every fish in the tank gets food. Reduce the chance of this happening by dividing the food and adding it into more than one area of the tank or by sprinkling it evenly across the entire water surface. Watch for problems if you have multiple types of fish together. If you have fish in your tank that feed in different areas of the tank or on different types of food, you will likely need to purchase more than one fish food. Watch mixed species tanks closely during feeding when you start them on a new food. You may need to find different combinations of food or feeding times if the fish at the surface eat all the food attended for the fish at the bottom. If some of your fish are active during the day and others at night, feeding them at two different times during the day may help ensure that each, food, each fish gets enough food. Consider your options while away on vacation. Leaving adult fish alone without food for a few days is almost always safe, and if you research your fish species online, you may discover they can survive without serious risk for one or two weeks. For longer trips or for young fish with more urgent food requirements, you'll need a way to feed them while you're gone. Choose from one of the following solutions. Use an automatic feed dispenser to dispense food at regular intervals. Make sure you supply enough food for the whole time of be away and set the dispenser to release food once or twice a day. Test the feeder block or gel feeder before leaving. These blocks of dry or gel-covered food are left in the tank and eaten slowly. However, the dry blocks may cause dangerous chemical changes while the gel varieties sometimes go ignored. Test either variety for a few days before leaving so you can be sure there are no problems. Have a friend or neighbor feed them their usual flake food once every two or three days. Because inexperienced feeders often give too much food, it's best to place each pinch of food in a pillbox or other container with the day of the week carefully marked on it. Make it clear to the caretaker that overfeeding your fish could kill your fish. And now that we have feeding dry foods under the way, let's go to method three of three, supplementing dry food to form a complete diet. You cannot just feed dry food. You have to supplement it. Obtain these supplements from safe sources, insects, worms, and other animal food is most safely obtained at a pet store or aquarium store, while plant matter should be organically grown away from roadside exhaust. If a local aquarium expert tells you that collecting animals or plants from outdoors is safe in your area, then you may follow his advice. 
Otherwise, understand that collecting these supplements yourself carries the risk of disease, parasites, or harmful chemicals. Feed carnivorous fish, live or frozen animals. One to three times a week, give your fish frozen or live insects and other animal foods instead of their usual feedings. Always research your fish species need or ask an expert before selecting a food as some foods can transmit disease or cause digestive issues when fed to certain species. Common foods available at pet pet shops and fish stores include blood worms, tube effects worms, daphnia, and brine shrimp. As with any feeding, only provide tiny amounts of food, enough to eat within 30 seconds, maybe enough for some species. Feed most fish, vegetables, or algae. Herbivores and omnivores will likely be healthier and more colorful if you supplement their diet with the occasional plant matter, and even many carnivorous species can eat plants for useful nutrients. As always, research your fish species online before feeding a new feed. You can attach a piece of vegetable inside the tank with a vegetable clip or cut it into small pieces to feed your fish. Be sure to remove any uneaten vegetables within 48 hours or it will start to rot in your aquarium. Carrots, zucchini, cucumbers, lettuce, and peas are just a few of the vegetables your fish might enjoy. Feed once every few days or as advised for your species. Pocostomists love fresh vegetables, by the way. Now feed your fish a variety of these supplements for great health. Different animals or vegetables provide different vitamins, minerals, and other nutrients. Alternate between two or three types of animal or meat for carnivorous fish or vegetables for other fish for a better chance at providing all the requirements for healthy fish. Provide straight vitamins or minerals if you notice problems. If your fish's bright colors fade, they become less active, or you notice other signs of poor health, your fish may be lacking certain nutrients. It's best to seek expert advice to gain a better idea of which vitamins or minerals your fish needs or to identify other problems. Fish may need these supplements during times of stress, such as when new fish are introduced to the tank. Seek specific advice for raising newborn fish. Newborn fish or fish fry are often too small to eat ordinary fish food. Because their dietary needs are often different than adult fish and they may require feedings every few hours, it's vital to seek specific advice on the species. Research information online to make sure your fish fry have the best chance of survival. And that is the different kinds of foods that you can feed your fish and the different methods of feeding your fish. Now, I did not list one food, and that is live food. So, William, could you please tell us about feeding live foods, what you can feed live, and what the benefit of feeding live is? Sure. I'll do that for you, Alex, and for your listeners. Uh, I'll start out by saying it this way. Picture yourself seated at a fine restaurant, and the waiter brings you a menu. Now, to your horror, all the entries 
entrees are dry powdered foods that you would run for the door as fast as you could. Unfortunately, your fish can't leave the restaurant. In fact, they don't even get to see a menu. Instead, they must eat what you serve them or face starvation, an option that happens all too often, actually. Although flake food is a good staple, the vast majority of freshwater fish would literally jump at the chance to have live or even frozen foods. Now, before we dive into the topic of live food, let's talk about flake foods for a minute here. Now, realistically, it's not possible for most of us to provide a completely balanced diet composed of only fresh and frozen foods. Flake food is accepted by a large number of freshwater fish and contains very important nutrients your fish needs to stay healthy. However, not all flake foods are created equal. Now, the next time you go to purchase flake food, take a good look at the ingredients. What you'll find is fish meal, yeast, shrimp meal, algae meal, uh, plankton, kelp, vitamins, preservatives, and protein fillers such as wheat meal, soybean meal, oatmeal, brown rice. Yes, that's right. Those last items are fillers. They are necessary to provide an adequate amount of protein, but don't contain the same nutrients and flavor found in shrimp or of seafood. Now, remember, the ingredients are listed in order of volume, and so what you need to do is to look for combinations that have the fish meals and seafood high on the list. Now, now that you've stocked, uh, stocked the supply of good quality flake food, now you start looking for ways to supplement those boring flakes with fresh or frozen. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the types of live fish food here. Guppies and crayfish can be used as a treat for fish such as Oscars, uh, the type of fish that Alex loves so well. And he does feed his Oscars these types of food. But I want to talk about other things you can use as live food as well. Now, I understand that later on in the show, Oscar Alex will explain why feeder goldfish are terrible for fish to eat. And, well, isn't this correct, Alex? Yes, sir. We'll talk about why goldfish are bad later on in the show. Okay. That's great. Now, there is a controversy going around about the tuberfix worms. And, you know, no discussion of live food can be complete without addressing black worms, tuberfix, or, or any of those worms. But tuberfix, which is also known as black worms, have long been heralded as either the worst or the best live food to feed your fish. From my own research and experience, I can testify that there is a risk of disease from fresh tuberfix. Now, like earthworms who, who eat dirt, tuberfix worms eat whatever material they are raised in. Now, brace yourself because you're going to hear something here. Most tuberfix worms are raised in trout pond runoffs which means they live on fish manure. Needless to say, that makes them potential hotbeds for transmitting bacteria or parasitic infections. This is quite disgusting, isn't it? 
Well, yes, it is, but freshwater fish love tubifex worms and thrive on them if they are cleaned properly. Now, you start by purchasing your tubifex worms from a reputable store, then carefully examine the water they are housed in. It should be clear. If it isn't, don't purchase them. Place your worms in a large container and three to four times a day rinse them thoroughly until the water runs clear. Store them in the refrigerator and examine the water each morning. If the water is clear, they are clean now. Don't feed them to your fish until the water is crystal clear. Now, I've discovered that the quality of tube effects will vary from store to store depending on where they get them. So if you locate good ones, worms that clean quickly as opposed to ones who are still fouling the water after many days, make note of the supplier uh, because the cleaner the tube effects worms, the sooner they're the cleanest, that's the source you want to remain with. Now we got the brine shrimp uh, coming up, and, and one of the best live foods is artemia, more commonly known as brine shrimp. And now if you've looked around for live brine shrimp, you've probably discovered they are a bit pricey or difficult to find at all. Don't give up, though. Most fish shops carry a good selection of frozen brine shrimp, then the texture and flavor of brine shrimp will vary based on what they are fed and how they are frozen. Now, much like people, fish have distinct preferences when it comes to food. Now, don't hesitate to try several brands to find the one your fish likes the best. Regardless of whether you try frozen or live artemia, you will be surprised to see how voraciously even small fish will consume them. Now, some other live foods, uh, shrimp aren't the only safe live food available. Experts consider daphnia, also known as water fleas, one of the top live food choices. They carry none of the diseases that tuberfix do, and they are an excellent source of nutrition for all fish and can be raised fairly easily. Now, daphnia are not commonly found at fish stores, but... Local fish clubs can usually supply you with a starter colony. Uh, the best part of offering daphnia is the fact that they can live in the aquarium until the fish eat them all. Now, once your fish have gotten the taste of the good stuff, like daphnia, you'll find yourself searching for an even wider variety of live foods. Uh, you know, and, and don't despair, though. There are plenty of options, and, well... Try to, considering the, try to consider the following here. Earthworms. Now, I personally, with earthworms, uh, when I feed earthworms to my fish, I remove all dirt from the inside of the worm uh, because I, I, I have this fear of possible bacteria and, uh, you know, being pushed into my discus, and I don't want that possibility to even happen. So I clean my earthworms, and I, I uh, actually cut them up in little pieces, and I put them in a sinking container. Uh, and they discus are actually a grazing fish as well, believe it or not, and they will eat the pieces of earthworm out of the container. Now, also, other live foods are like flies. 
Grindle worms, maggots, microworms, mosquito larvae, vinegar eels, white worms, wingless fruit flies, oh, the list goes on. Now, you might have to do some dinging around, literally, as well as figuratively, to find some of them, but it will be worth it. Try local fish clubs or ask your favorite fish supplier to help you. And if you want, you if Alex will allow you uh, to plug, uh, me to plug, you can contact me, and I'll let you know who can probably help you with this issue. So, go ahead and plug uh, them. Go ahead and plug them. Uh, Nature's Replica website. Uh, Don Boyer and Michael Steffen can set you up with some good live food cultures that you could continually grow and uh, pay the initial fee for the culture and save a lot of money by just continually to reproduce these uh, bugs, we call them, uh, in recyclable containers that you may just about being ready to throw away, but you can use them to culture these foods. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. Awesome information, William. I love uh, live foods. You know, I like to feed live foods to my fish because I like to see my fish chase down the live food and eventually get the prey, or in this case, the food. The fish has to work for its food and has fun in doing so. Believe it or not, fish have boring lives sometimes, but I'm pretty sure they love a good challenge, and being able to chase down our prey is what they would do in the wild. So they will definitely enjoy it in the aquarium. What's your take on this, William? Well, I absolutely agree with you, Alex, because, you know, actually uh, a baby fish needs baby food, and a juvie fish is a Let's say it's a kitten. A kitten has this ambition to run around and investigate everything and chase everything it sees running uh, across the ground, even rabbits, birds, whatever. So do fish. Fish love to chase down little bugs uh, to eat. Uh, It gives them energy. It, It makes them healthier not just from the nutrients of the food, but it makes them healthier muscle-wise, uh, blood-wise, uh, and feeling-wise. I do believe fish have emotion, and uh, when they're happy, you can see it in their behavior. So that's my take on it, Alex. Very well said, and I definitely agree with you. Now, to me, there is nothing better in the world for entertainment in the aquarium hobby than to see one of my personal favorite fish, an Oscar cichlid, chase down a guppy or a platy or even a tetra and have a nice, delicious meal. Yummy. My two Oscars are now swimmingly, excitingly, hearing me say that. <laughs> How about that, William? <laughs> oh, man, you're picking on my feeder fish again. How could you do that? I'm sorry I had to do that for you. Yeah, all of your prepared foods are just as healthy as feeders, man. There's not too much more nutrition in feeders uh, for Oscars. I mean, they got some really good, high-quality food that you don't have to kill. But anyways, I I know that fish do like to chase down their food. They've been doing it in the wild for centuries and millions of years. And they automatically have the instinct to enjoy that in even in the aquarium. So, yeah, you're right. Awesome. 
Okay, what an awesome start to the show. We are now going to take our first commercial break of the night. Coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, Oscar, Alex, and William T. are going to discuss why feeder goldfish are bad to use as food. And we're going to have a discussion on frozen food because, believe it or not, a lot of us fish keepers like to use frozen food in the aquarium hobby and much, much more. So stick around because we've got a discussion on why feeder goldfish are bad and more. And you can call in with any questions next here on the Aquatic Wetline at 1-347-989-8142. This commercial and music break is being sponsored by Hikari Sales USA, who wants to remind you they have the fish food you need, whether it's pellets for your cichlids or monster fish or algae wafers for your placostomus, Hikari has it all. Plus, they have the best line of frozen foods, such as Akari, Pier, Frozen Blood Worms, and Brine Shrimp. School of Fish, Inc., who also has plenty of fish food in stock, including Akari. The International Aquatic Association on YouTube. Go subscribe to them on YouTube, as well as Hanaprodiscus on YouTube, slash Master1989 on YouTube, and Aquatic Wetline on YouTube, and our final sponsor is Jambox for all of our guitar-loving friends here on the Aquatic Wetline. So we're back with more right after this. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Akari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and BioPure, the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from fresh water to salt water and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C, on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. to bring you a special report. Do you need advice on planter tanks? Do you need advice on 
IAA channel now! We can help you with planted tanks, salt water tanks, community tanks, filtration, DIY, lighting, dosing, CO2, discus, angelfish, German blue rams, African cichlids and any other community fish. Subscribe to the IAA channel today! Thank you IAA! Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Aquatic Euphoria, a podcast about fish, all things fish and everything fish. Let William T. and his co-hosts dive deep into your tank and come up with a great fish species topic for a great show. Check out Aquatic Euphoria today for an enjoyable fish show. William T. and his co-hosts do it all. Salt water, fresh water, and yes, plants and even specials on other interesting topics. Surf over there, right after this wonderful show here on Blog Talk Radio. Dakota Aquatics Plus is the next best aquarium keeping show here on Blog Talk Radio. Your host of this show, Andrew will dive deep into the topics of freshwater and saltwater fish, reptiles, and other pets. Dakota Aquatics Plus is live every Saturday and is a show that you will enjoy. So check Andrew out. blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dakota Aquatics Plus. Did you know that William T. has a new podcast on Blog Talk Radio? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, kids. Teens and in-betweens. Epiphany is a podcast about revelations, sudden awarenesses and innuendos. William T. will discuss topic by topic, week by week or maybe day by day. You never know with William T. This podcast is controversial at best, interesting at least. Come join William T. at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash epiphany USA. Come hear what all the hype is about. William T. slam dunks his attitude with rants, political slurs about governmental blunders, world events and where this world is headed from a revelational point of view. See if this podcast don't grab your fancy. Come on. What are you waiting for? Come sit beside William T. and take part in a podcast that promises to be inviting, action-packed and just plain crazy at times. Come hear some senseless jargon and an attitude from the shrewd dude from South Carolina. The old man of mayhem, William T. Come on be brave and go there right now. Well, wait until this show is over first though. Okay, so our song for this commercial break is going to be a very popular one. This comes from a very popular movie that is very famous 
for kids growing up in my generation. So this song comes from the movie uh, Shrek. This is the soundtrack of the movie Shrek. So enjoy it, folks. listeners of the Aquatic Wetline, did you know you can call in live right now to ask any fish questions or join tonight's fish chat. Just simply dial 1-347-989-8142. You may ask any fish questions you might have or chat with us about tonight's subject. You can also ask our guests any questions you might have as well. So go ahead and call in 1 347 989 8142. Please go to a quiet location and turn off the speaker on your phone. Please wait until we see your call and bring you live. So go ahead and call in 1 347 989 8142. Give us a holla if you hear us. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. With over 100 episodes, the Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Remember... You can call in anytime at one three four seven 
989-8142. Now, back to Aqua Alex. Well, here we are. You are tuned into the Aquatic Wetline with your host, Oscar Alex, and your co-host, me, Discus Man William T. And we have been discussing fish food for your tropical fish. Now, before commercial break, we discussed how to feed your fish and the kinds of fish food to feed them. Now, we are going to discuss why feeder goldfish are bad for your fish, the kinds of frozen foods to feed fish, and other things you can feed fish and more. Now, don't forget, you can call in at one three four seven nine eight nine. 8142 with any and all questions for either Alex or me, or you can even discuss your favorite fish food. Uh, you know, that number once again is 1347-989-8142. Now, I'm, I'm very curious now. Alex, please tell us why goldfish are bad to use as feeders. Awesome question, uh, William, and I'm I'm going to share this with you guys right now. Goldfish are very bad to use as feeders, and I personally would not recommend anyone use feeder goldfish, a.k.a. comic goldfish, to feed any fish, such as Oscars or any other predatory fish. They might be okay for turtles, uh, but I wouldn't revise them for freshwater or saltwater fish. And one reason why goldfish are bad to use as feeders is because they are cold water fish. And if you put them in a tropical aquarium, which has temperatures from 68 degrees Fahrenheit to 72 degrees Fahrenheit or above, they're going to catch illnesses and parasites if they don't even have them already because some goldfish will have parasites and illnesses inside them already before they're introduced into the tropical water. And the fish that eats the goldfish is going to be likely to get the illnesses and parasites in them that the goldfish has transferred to the fish. This is one of the biggest reasons why I avoid feeding goldfish to my Oscars or any of my monster fish because I don't want them catching illnesses or parasites from the goldfish because uh, you could you, you're in a risk for losing your fish because of the goldfish. That's the biggest risk with goldfish. Now, the next reason why goldfish are bad to use as feeders is because goldfish are all fatty. They are full of fat and nothing else. They have no protein in them, nothing. There is no nutritional value whatsoever. I hate seeing videos on YouTube with people feeding goldfish to their Oscars or their other monster fish and then having them ask the fish keepers, why does my Oscar have hole in the head? Well, you're feeding your Oscar feeder goldfish that have fatty in them. All they have is fat and no nutritional value whatsoever. So after all that fat sits in the Oscar's stomach and in the Oscar's body, the fat has to go somewhere, and the fat is going to cause hole in the head 
in your Oscar fish. So I definitely, definitely don't recommend feeding feeder goldfish any fish because they can um, cause hole in the head, among other things, among other diseases as well. Now, the risk of using feeder goldfish is simply too high. Goldfish are kept in crowded, dirty conditions, and they're not fed a good diet. So the chances of them causing a disease in your aquarium is very, very, very high. I'd say about 85% of a chance it can cause disease. 85 to 95% of a chance a feeder goldfish could cause a disease. So if you did want to feed fish as part of your diet, I would say raise your own guppies and feed them well. Feed your guppies quality flake food and quality frozen food and quality pellets that are small enough for your guppies to eat. That way, whatever fish eats the guppies is going to have a nice, delicious protein snack as well. So guppies that are fed a good diet are a great treat for my Oscars. Now, crayfish can be used as feeders as well because in the wild, let's face it, um, some of these uh, predatory fish like Oscars and Severums and chocolate cichlids and uh, datnoids and all these monster fish and all these fish that eat uh, meat are going to eat invertebrates in the wild. So crayfish and shrimp are perfect for these fish in the aquarium hobby. Okay, so that is your answer to why goldfish are bad. And if any of our live listeners have any questions on that, you can call in at 1-347-989-8142. All right, William is now going to discuss frozen foods. So, William, can you do the honors and talk to us about frozen foods in the aquarium hobby? I certainly will. Before I do that, I want to thank you for that answer about goldfish. Uh, you know, I, I used to see a lot of people purchasing uh, goldfish uh, for feeding fish, but I never realized how bad goldfish really were until you actually explained it all to me, and I appreciate that information. Okay, now we're going to talk about frozen fish food, which is one of the most nutritious types of food you could actually give to your fish. Now, it's also great for encouraging an energetic feeding response for finicky eaters. In this article, you'll learn about the different types available and where to find them. And that's the article I'm speaking about right now. And with a little bit of research, I'm going to add a little more information here. Now, if you are new to the aquarium hobby, you may be unaware that fish food comes in a variety of forms, not just flakes. Okay, now while flake food is perhaps the most commonly used type of fish food, it is not necessarily the healthiest. Some fish food companies produce vitamins and mineral-enhanced foods. But few novices or in the aquarium hobby realize that even these foods are not enough to provide fish with a well-balanced diet. One of the most nutritious types of fish food is frozen food. And it keeps well in the freezer. Now, what is a frozen fish food? Well, frozen fish food often comes in small cubes, which can be dropped into the tank or thawed prior to feeding. As the cube melts, the food is distributed to hungry fish. 
Frozen fish foods may contain a variety of ingredients, including shrimp, insects, and small organisms like daphnia, for example. And before you go out and stock up on frozen food, though, for your aquarium, it is wise to explore the benefits and disadvantages of this type of food for your fish. In order to keep your fish healthy and safe, learn which types of frozen food are best for that particular species of fish that you keep. Now, frozen fish food is actually more nutritious than most commercial and freeze-dried foods because fewer nutrients are lost than during freeze-drying and processing. Now, in most cases, frozen fish food comes in individual cubes, like I said, and they're sold in packages designed to keep the foods fresh. Now, some hobbyists drop the frozen cubes into the tanks directly. However, others recommend thawing the cubes first for no more than 30 minutes, though. Now, the easiest way to do this is to place the cube in a cup of tank water. Yes, you heard that, tank water, for 10 minutes or so. Then dump the contents into the tank. Now, if a whole cube is too much for your fish, you can chop it into smaller portions and only thaw the amount you intend to use. Now, the types of frozen food that you may consider, uh, you know, many, many fish foods are available in frozen forms, uh, which makes it easy for aquarium hobbyists to provide their fish with a well-balanced and nutritious diet. Now, one of the most popular types of frozen fish food is brine shrimp. Everybody uses brine shrimp. And the reason why, it's such a great food. Though adult brine shrimp have relatively little nutritional value, they are often used when conditioning fish for breeding. Cubes of brine shrimp are sometimes supplemented with garlic or plankton to add nutrients. Now, tuberfex worms and bloodworms are also popular varieties of frozen food, which most freshwater aquarium fish are eager to eat. However, like we mentioned earlier about uh, tuberfex worms, take that in consideration. And daphnia, or water fleas, they are called, are another option in frozen fish food, as, as are Mises shrimp, a type of shrimp high in protein. Uh, cockles and mussels are also high in protein when kept frozen, and they can provide your fish with valuable minerals needed for bone growth. Yes, bone growth. Now, where do you find these frozen foods? Well, many large retail pet stores have a selection of frozen fish foods, which is likely to include cubes of brine shrimp, tuberfex worms, and blood worms. Now, it may be easier and cheaper, however, to shop online, like I do. Now, reputable sites like Foster and Smith Aquatics and Marine Depot can be considered safe places to shop for frozen fish food. Now, you don't want to purchase fish food from websites that do not look trustworthy or those that do not provide adequate information about their products. Now, before buying, make sure the products you are ordering will be shipped properly. But ask some questions. You know, don't be afraid to ask the 
uh, the person you're buying from questions. You know, the product should remain frozen throughout the entire shipping process, so ask them what their uh, procedure is in shipping these frozen foods so you can get a good understanding of how the process is. It, this ought to be done in order to retain nutrients and to avoid contamination. So most quality retailers will offer overnight or two-day shipping. Food should also be packaged in foam coolers with dry ice or ice packs to keep them frozen. Now, there are some benefits and drawbacks here on frozen food. Uh, Now, I'm going to talk about the main uh, benefit here of frozen fish food is that it retains more of its natural nutrients. Now, when commercial and freeze-dried foods are processed, they lose many of their nutrients, which makes them good for little more than simply satiating the hunger of your fish. Now, frozen food, on the other hand, can keep your fish healthier. Now, it can give them more energy, and it can bring out more vibrant colors in their scales. Not only do your fish benefit from being fed frozen food, you will also be able to enjoy an aquarium full of colorful and active fish. You know, the nutrients is what makes fish active and healthy. It's like eating protein, drinking protein shakes for an athlete. Now, after all, half the fun of keeping an aquarium is seeing your fish thriving and growing. Now, the most commonly cited drawback I'm going to discuss here of frozen fish food is the higher price. Yes, it costs more money. Frozen fish foods are more expensive than flake food, and they may also be a little more difficult to find, actually. Now, while most pet stores and large grocery stores carry a supply of flake foods, not all pet stores carry a selection of frozen foods. Uh, that's that's one of the problems. Uh, you know, a lot of your fish stores like the inexpensive purchases of flake food just to make money. Your mom, you know, your your big chain fish store just want to sell, make money. But your mom and pop stores, they know what fish need. Try them out first. Now, uh, if you live in a small town or a rural area, the only option may be to purchase frozen fish food through an online retailer. Now, like we said earlier, Foster's and Smith, I use a lot. Now, finding a variety of frozen foods for fish can be easy online, but be sure to compare prices between companies before selecting one, and do not forget the factor in the shipping costs. Now, I use Foster's and Smith because they have really good competitive prices. Now, in addition to the added cost and effort in finding it, frozen fish food also needs to be kept in the freezer. Of course, it goes without saying. Now, this type of food cannot be thawed and refrozen. If you do that, it will destroy the molecular structure of the food and make it ineffective. And it certainly cannot be left sitting out on your tank stand or cabinet for easy access. Don't do this. Now, tips for frozen food I'm going to give you here. 
if you want your fish to receive the benefits of frozen food, but you do not have the extra money to spend on it, consider making your own. Yeah, that's, you know, you can make a lot of fish food for just a few dollars that'll make the money you spent worthwhile. Now, mosquito larvae are nutritious for fish, and you can gather them in the summertime for free. Scoop the larvae into an ice cube tray and fill each cube with a little distilled water before freezing. Simply place one of the frozen cubes in your aquarium, and as it melts, the lava will be distributed to your fish as a tasty treat. Now, you can also purchase frozen prawns and chop them up into tiny bite-sized pieces for fish as well. Now, you can mix the prawns with garlic to make it more appetizing and a little more nutritious for your fish. And you can even freeze it by following the same procedure I spoke of earlier. Now, once you have made the decision to start using frozen foods, you should be aware of a few precautions, though. Never thaw frozen fish food using hot water. This could result in a loss of valuable nutrients. Now, once the food has been thawed, never attempt to freeze it again. Refreezing thawed fish food can result in contamination as well as no good for your fish. And your fish could become sick if you fed them contaminated food. Now, if they get sick, or is their immune system, and they get sicker, and they can eventually die. So, the final thing you should be aware of is that even though frozen foods are among the most nutritious, you still need to supplement the diet of your fish with other types of food. Live, flake, and freeze-dried foods contain different vitamin levels, different types of minerals in each flavor, and nutrients than some frozen foods. And you need to provide your fish with a combination of all types of fish food to ensure a balanced diet. Now, all I want to say here is If you understood what I said, and you really get into a variety of food, you will absolutely have some healthy fish with a high immune system. And if you do your water changes just right as well, clean up the excess food, your fish should live out their expected lifespans. Now, Alex, what are your thoughts on using frozen foods? Well, I like to use frozen foods because it gives a lot of delicious nutrients to your fish, and your fish are going to go crazy for frozen food. Now, I would like to give a good tip to some of our listeners out there, and I want to share a previous experience I had when I was using uh, frozen food. It's actually a mistake that I made when I was uh, using Hikari frozen bloodworms. And this is, I actually fed my fish Hikari bloodworms one night, and I forgot to place my bloodworms back into the freezer, and I left my bloodworms on top of my aquarium. So the next morning, I walked down to the fish room, and there was this horrific smell from the bloodworms. The bloodworms smell awful if you let them sit, sit at room temperature. It smells like garbage and rotting corpse. That's how bad it smells. 
So never leave any bloodworms or any sort of frozen food out for more than, I'd say, half an hour um, because it could probably start smelling. But mine took 24 hours to start smelling. But I I'd, I'd really would not want anyone else to smell the kind of smell that a frozen food leaves once it uh, thaws out. So I had to throw that package away and wasted about $5 because all I used was three cubes. So I wasted a lot of money on that. But I just wanted to share that with my listeners. So never, ever do what I did and never, ever leave bloodworms on your tank by accident or by mistake. Now, I do know that um, wherever you are in this country, you're going to have two kinds of frozen foods. I know there's Zakari who has a great line of frozen foods, and I know there's San Francisco Bay that has some pretty good uh, frozen foods as well. I know that Hikari dominates a majority of the United States with uh, frozen foods. They do all over New England, all over the north, all over the east, and all over the west, but there's a lot of places in the United States of America that has San Francisco Bay. Actually, I believe Petco has some sort of a deal with uh, San Francisco Bay, and I think PetSmart does Corey. So um, that is pretty much your things to know about frozen food. Hakari has probably the best frozen food, in my opinion. I have used Takari, and I have used San Francisco Bay. I love both of them, but obviously I'm going to go with Hakari because Hakari is pretty awesome, in my opinion. Now, I really love Hakari frozen foods because they're actually a little bit cheaper than San Francisco Bay, and they've got more nutritional value to them. And my fish seem to prefer Hikari over San Francisco Bay. So I really do love feeding Hikari frozen foods. And actually, there is quite a confidence booster when I go to buy Hikari foods because I say, hey, they sponsor my radio show, so I'm going to sponsor them and feed them to my fish. So I should take a video feeding my fish from Hikari bloodworms next time I go out and buy them. Now, the reason I love Hikari frozen bloodworms is because they are actually the cleanest bloodworms you're going to find on the market. That's correct. Hikari bloodworms are the cleanest bloodworms you're going to find on the market. That is true, and it's 100% true. Now, I'm not going to tell you how it's true until my 150th episode. That's right. On my 150th episode, I'm going to do a Hikari frozen bloodworm review. So I'll save all my tricks and all my discussion on the bloodworms until our 150th episode on March 21st. But I know William loves the Akari bloodworms as well. So, William, why do you like Akari bloodworms? Well, that's a very, very simple answer, Alex. It's because uh, so far I'm not informed of any other brand that does this, but Akari has been sterilizing their bloodworms ever since they, day one when they first started selling bloodworms. They come up with the sterilization process. They were the originators of the sterilization process. And, I, of course, I don't know who else joined the train ride to have sterilized bloodworms. But even so, I will stick with a Corey because they were the first. 
It's sort of like your radio show, Alec. You were the first fish, freshwater fish show on YouTube, and uh, these were the first uh, bloodworms that were sterilized. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, sir, that's very correct. So that's awesome. You did an awesome job talking about frozen food, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so now I want to take this time to discuss some of the other fish food that I give my fish that is not considered true fish food, but it is actually great for your fish. Here is what I use for both my meat-eating fish and my vegetarian lovers. I feed my fish market shrimp, market tilapia, earthworms, lettuce, cucumber and zucchini, and squash. And later on in the show, in a couple minutes here, I'm going to explain why market shrimp is great for fish. Now, William, what is something strange that you feed your fish? I know you have a killer beef heart recipe that you feed your discus, right? Uh, well, I actually did at one time use a killer beef heart uh, recipe because at the time, Alex, I had strictly discus-only tank. But now I have community tank with other fish residing with my discus, so I actually do not use beef heart anymore because I have other fish in the aquarium with my discus that have a hard time digesting the beef heart. Now, I don't know exactly. I haven't researched it enough to realize why beef heart is sometimes hard for certain types of fish to digest. It causes constipation in some fish and bloat in some fish, and not all carnivores can actually tolerate beef heart. So here is my actual recipe that I use now. Rather than beef heart, I use three pounds of ground beef. Yes, it's very inexpensive for a poor man like me. 7% fat or leaner, though, which makes it a little more expensive uh, than your basic hamburger, uh, which is like 93%, you know, lean. Okay, and I use a half pound of cod, skinless, of course, a half a pound of shrimp, peeled, two tablespoons of peas from a can now, believe it or not, and then me and my son eat the rest of the can. Uh, and everything is raw now. Now I put it through a meat grinder and then in the mixer. And in the bowl I add 25% uh, angel and or discus flake food by volume and uh, one ounce of red paprika powder plus vitamins, multivitamins. It doesn't matter whether it's for kids, uh, you know, or adults. Uh, but I use seven tablets in this recipe and two tablespoons of oatmeal. And now, vitamins I use, human A to zinc from Centrum. Put them in a coffee grinder and mix in food. But you can use anything they sell in the fish shop. Freeze it in cans of five to six pounds, one feeding of oil. <laughs> laugh out loud. Now, you can freeze it in Ziploc bags, make it just as thin or thick as you like, freeze it, and uh, take what you need for the next day. Now, this food falls apart. This particular recipe falls apart in the water. Now, usually with the other recipe I was making, uh, 
that this gets, there would be some hogs in there that would get most of the food and the other fish weren't getting any. So with this recipe, the food falls apart in your water, and if the discus starts to eat it, parts fly everywhere, and that is what I want. Because if I would have a food that sticks together, 10 or 15 bullies in the tank will eat till they explode, and the rest get nothing. Now, my food is everywhere, so all discus get to eat and all other fish as well. After feeding, my water's a little cloudy, though, but my filter systems, canister filters, hang on tops, whatever, take care of all that. And within 20 minutes, my water is crystal clear and the bellies are full. Just what I like. Now, I do use peas, carrots, and spinach from baby food. You see, it's already pureed and easily digestible. Any variation of this would be much more complete nutrition for the fish, resulting in far better health and growth than just beef heart itself, in my honest opinion. Alex, what does market strip do for fish? Great question, William, but we actually got our first caller of the evening here on the Aquatic Wetline, so I'll answer that question right after we uh, answer this caller. Hi, you're now live on the Aquatic Wetline. Thank you very much for calling into our fish food episode of the Aquatic Wetline. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, I used to feed my Oscars hot dogs. It worked out well for a while. What do you mean by I actually would not recommend uh, feeding uh, I actually would not recommend feeding hot dogs to any fish because of the fatty content that's in them. What about Dairy Queen? <laughs> Dairy Queen hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just pulling your leg. This is the angry fish man. What's up? Oh, oh angry <laughs> fish man! God damn it! <laughs> I just want to say hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> you're, hot dog. Uh, you're awesome, That's man. Good. That's you got me going, though. <laughs> so, so what the hell are you up to, angry? Are you there? Okay, angry fish man just took off. Poof, I'm out of here. <laughs> that was funny. Okay, <laughs> you yeah. like to feed a fish dairy queen? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Alex, now let's get back to my question because I'm very, I really want to know about market shrimp. Now, I know some fish like shrimp, but... Market shrimp are, are are they are they cooked or uncooked? Market shrimp are uncooked, correct? And what does this market yes, shrimp um, do for fish? Awesome. Yes, you want to use uh, uncooked raw market shrimp because um, it's actually bad to feed cooked shrimp to fish. You want to go with the uncooked market shrimp. Now, uncooked raw market shrimp is packed with nutrients that's going to help your fish because, like I said earlier in the show. Fish in the wild, like Oscars and all the meat-eating fish, they, eat, they actually eat crustaceans in the wild. They eat invertebrates like shrimp and crayfish that live in the wild. So market shrimp is packed with nutrients that's going to help your fish. Now, believe it or not, market shrimp is going to help the fish's coloration pop out much more. There's something in the shells of the shrimp 
that brings out red coloration, and the red coloration is going to really shine if you feed shrimp to a red fish, for example, an Oscar. Now, just last year on my YouTube channel called Aquatic Wetline, I had a very beautiful 9-inch red tiger Oscar that was very, very colored, very, very red-orange color. And many people are asking me, how did my Oscar get so red? Well, I'll tell you my secret. I was actually feeding market shrimp to the Oscar because when I first bought this Oscar, he was dull in color, and he had the start of hole in the head. And I quickly turned that around by putting him in clean water and feeding him market shrimp and giving him a balanced diet. And the person I bought this Oscar from did not have a proper sized aquarium, nor it looked like he did not clean the filter or um, provide a proper tank for an Oscar. So needless to say, I had to give him a balanced diet. So I went out and bought some shrimp and uh, fed him shrimp. And he actually healed quite quickly with the shrimp, and his red color was going out like crazy. So I suggest feeding uh, market shrimp to fish that are going to have some superb colors. So if you want your fish to have awesome color, I suggest using market shrimp. And lastly, your fish will go crazy. They're going to want it every day. They're going to love it. They're going to see you cutting up shrimp with a knife, and they want, they want to have it. But use it as a treat. Um, you could feed it every day for fish like datnoids, stingrays, arowanas. Um, but fish like Oscars that pretty much eat everything, I'd use it as a treat. So that is my answer on what shrimp does for fish. What do you think of that, William? Well, I, I kind of like that, but I have a question for you. What, what, could you create the same situation with freshwater shrimp? Yes, you could actually use freshwater shrimp. You can actually use live shrimp like uh, ghost shrimp or any of the small ornamental shrimp that are out there, but they can get costly. Um, but you could use the ghost shrimp at Petco and PetSmart and stuff like that. Well, I was thinking more uh, like uh, the spawning of these uh, shrimp and using them for feeders. Uh, but would they get the same coloration from the ghost shrimp if you did breed these shrimp? Yes, yes, you would actually still get the same coloration from them. Also, if you could not afford to get market shrimp, you could actually go out and buy krill from your fish store. Krill is actually good for giving out orange coloration, too. So krill, market shrimp, and uh, ghost shrimp could do well, too, for the orange coloration. Wow. Very good explanation, Alex. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I pretty much think we hit the nail on the head for fish food, goes. I think we talked about everything for today's show. This was a wonderful show. So I think we're going to wrap it up now. We're going to take our final commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, have a discussion on some upcoming shows and some radio show announcements. And if you have any questions or comments, you can call in right now at 1-347-989-8142. And we're going to take our final commercial break and hear one more song, and then we're going to wrap up the show. We'll see you in a few minutes. Do you own a local fish store in your area? Do you own an online aquarium shop? Well, contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com and get yourself a radio commercial advertising your business. The Aquatic Wetline is heard by over 200 people for each episode, so get your name out there. Please contact Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com so 
we can advertise your business. We advertise fish stores, aquarium shops, YouTube channels, and anything in the freshwater and saltwater fish keeping hobby. So if you're interested in advertising your business, please contact us, Aquatic Wetline at Outlook.com, and we will prepare you with an awesome commercial for this show. Would you like your topical fish question answered live on our Fish Keepers United Question and Answer? Then send all of your tropical fish questions to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. You can ask any freshwater or saltwater questions you have. We look forward to answering your questions. So submit them to aquaticwetline at outlook.com. No question is too dumb. We'll answer them all. So send them in right now. Would you like to be a guest on the Fish Keepers United series? This series has become very successful after our first four episodes. I love interviewing fish keepers. So, if you're a fish keeper and you're interested in asking Aqua Alex questions, and you're interested in Aqua Alex asking you questions, Please contact Aqua Alex so you can be booked on the Fish Keepers United series. Contact Aqua Alex at AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. That's AquaticWetline at Outlook.com. Or you can message him on his personal Facebook account, Aqua Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you on Fish Keepers United. Hey! Call it all Fish Keepers! Join the Aquatic Wetline live on Wednesday, March 18th, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern as Oscar Alex and Discus Man William T. will have a no-holds-barred fight live on the Aquatic Wetline. That's right, Oscar Alex and Discus Man William T. are going to do battle. They're going to have a debate on monster fish versus feeder fish. And by feeder fish, we're not talking about feeder guppies or feeder goldfish. We're talking about the small fish that live in community aquariums. Which side of the fence are you on? Are you for monster fish or are you for feeder fish? Join us live Wednesday, March 18th, 2015 for a discussion on monster fish and feeder fish. Some of the topics we're going to talk about are... Is it morally right to feed monster fish smaller fish? Why does Aqua Alex like monster fish? And much more. So join this fun show live March 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern. You're welcome to call in and be a part of this great show and let your voice be heard on monster fish and feeder fish. Anyone who calls into the show will be played on our 150th episode as one of our best callers on the Aquatic Wetline history. So join us live March 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern 
for Monster Fish versus Feeder Fish. And Discus Man William T, be prepared because I will eat you. Are you ready for the aquatic wetline to make history? But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? Well then, join us on Saturday, March 21st, 2015 at 8 p.m. Eastern as the Aquatic Wetline will be celebrating its 150th episode. We're going to celebrate our 150th episode with some prizes in each hour. We're going to have a two-hour extravaganza with prizes for all you, the listeners. Hikari is sponsoring the first half of the show, and I'm sponsoring the second half of the show. There is prizes for everyone. So make sure you call in to win yourself a prize on Saturday, March 21st, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, on our 150th episode, we're going to have a blast from the past, and I'm going to make a very special announcement that's going to shake Blog Talk Radio to its foundation. So join us live for our 150th episode on Saturday, March 21st, for prizes special announcement, and a very special guest. Live March 21st is our 150th episode, so be there. Be there as the Aquatic Wetline make it big time. Live Saturday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern for our 150th episode. I paid my dues Time after time I've done my sentence But committed no crime And bad mistakes
on the aquatic wet line, and tonight we had a fun show discussing tropical fish food, and I hope all of our listeners learned a lot from tonight's show and were able to take away some great information. Now, if you have any questions, you can call in at one three four seven. 989-8142. I'll be happy to answer your questions now. But if not, I hope you guys enjoyed this show and learned a lot about fish food. Now, before we go, we've got a couple of announcements that we'd make to, like to make here on the Aquatic Wetline. So I'll start first. And, of course, you guys know that I have my 150th episode coming up here on the Aquatic Wetline. Saturday, March 21st, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern. Now, I am very honored to announce that I'm going to be giving away six prizes on my 150th episode. Yes, that's correct, six prizes. Now, four lucky people are going to win a Hikari goodie box shipped directly from Hikari. And then I'm going to be giving out two gift cards to Petco so that you can buy your own tropical fish or whatever you want for your aquarium. And then I'm also going to be making a very big special announcement and taking a blast from the past where I play some of my past callers and I have a very special guest and much more. So make sure you join me on the Aquatic Wetline Saturday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern as we celebrate our 150th episode. So what do you think of that, William? Yeah, that sounds really interesting and nice and uh you wow, 150 episodes so far. You know, I'm shortly going to be reaching my 100th episode and uh I'm coming up on you. Yeah, you're quickly approaching me. Uh, I think you're going to beat me pretty soon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I won't beat you. Not you. You you go. You're a go-getter on radio. Yeah, that's certainly very true. Well, our next announcement is that next Wednesday here on the Aquatic Wetline, we've got a very, very, very special show for you, one that I'm looking forward to. I'm very excited for it. So next Wednesday is going to be William's last show here on the Aquatic Wetline because he's a very busy man with his own uh, network of radio shows coming up. So next Wednesday is going to be our final show with William as co-host. And next Wednesday, we're going to be talking about monster fish versus community fish, a.k.a. feeder fish. And we're going to have a small debate on the radio about monster fish and feeder fish. It's going to be a fun show. And I guarantee you, you guys are going to like this show on monster fish versus feeder fish. And I guarantee you, one of us is going to walk out of that fight uh, winner, right, William? Yeah, that's right. You know, you know, I believe feeder fish have a uh, within the hobby a right to live, like ostriches have a right to live. But in the wild, they are part of a food chain. But don't forget, ostriches are also part of a food chain. <laughs> Wise guys. I'm going to chase you off <laughs> you quite a cut like an Oscar chases a guppy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be running for your life. <laughs> uh, well, I, I actually, I could probably swim faster than you. Oh, well, you probably could. You've got, you're smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is all good fun. I, I like having fun with fish keepers, right? Yeah, you certainly do. 
<laughs> okay. So join us next Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern right here on the Aquatic Wetline. Next Wednesday, March 18th, 2014, William and I, Monster Fish versus Feeder Fish, on his final episode of the Aquatic Wetline. And my final announcement I've got is for tomorrow's show, tomorrow, live, Thursday, March 12th, at 8 p.m. Eastern, I have my next episode of Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour. And tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a very unique topic on Oscars. I'll be talking about the history of Oscar Cichlids. That's right. Um, I'll be talking about the history of Oscars, how Oscars became Oscars. And I'll be talking about the whole genre and the whole genius of Astronostis, which is the uh, subfamily of Oscars. And I'll give you a little hint. Did you know that when Oscars were first classified, they were actually thought to be a saltwater species? So I'll discuss that tomorrow on Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Aquatic Wetline. I know you've got some fantastic shows coming up, William, so can you tell us about them? Yeah, uh, I noticed you mentioned earlier that the next Wednesday will be my last show as co-host with you on Aquatic Wetline on Wednesday night because I'm going to be having a busy schedule of my own on the Euphoric Network. So my rundown, and I appreciate you letting me do this, Alex, is Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Euphoric Aquatics podcast is my first saltwater show with uh, Russell Sakey, someone that Alex knows very well. And uh, Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, a guest, a uh, surprise guest, will speak on common mistakes in the fish hobby. And then Sunday, Don Boyer, my sponsor, will be speaking in the fourth installment on high-tech plant systems at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then Monday, I have my Christian show, Jesus is the Word uh, podcast, with a co-host now, and I will introduce my co-host on Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome, sir. So that's going to do it for us tonight here on the Aquatic Wetline. I thank you all for listening to this great show, and I certainly hope you're listening to our next few episodes of the Aquatic Wetline as we continue to count down to our 150th episode so you can uh, win a prize. We're only now, we're only eight episodes away until our big 150th episode. Can you believe that? Eight episodes. Well, I want to thank you all for listening to this great show. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, William, for co-hosting tonight. You did a fantastic job. And I want to give recognition to the angry fish man for calling in tonight. He was a very uh, welcome caller. And uh, I really appreciated the moments that we uh, talked with him. So, yeah, the angry fish man has a YouTube channel called the angry fish man. And if you want to laugh, check out his YouTube videos. And I did appreciate co-hosting this evening, Alec. In actuality, I did learn some things tonight, some things I didn't know, and thanks to you. So, And I'm sure that people probably learned some things from me that they didn't know. So it was a wonderful show, and I thank you. 
You're welcome, and I definitely want to say thank you to Angry Fishman for calling, and I almost forgot to give you a shout-out for calling in, so thank you, Angry Fishman, for calling in. I loved your call, and I'll actually be playing in out of my 150th episode as one of our best calls in the history of the Aquatic Island, because I really did like that uh, Dairy Queen comment, so thank you very much for uh, calling in. All right, with that being said, if you enjoyed today's show, please go ahead and post this on your social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, or Google+, Plus, so all your friends can listen to it. And with that being said, thank you for listening to another episode of the Aquatic Wetline, and I want to thank you all. Have a great night, everyone, and take on, everyone. Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to Aquatic Wetline, your one-stop podcast for everything aquarium. Aqua Alex wants to thank you for listening. Return next time for a fun-filled episode. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a good review if you enjoyed it. And like our fan page on Facebook called Aquatic Wetline Podcast. And join our fan group called Aquatic Wetline Radio Fan Group on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye fish keepers and tank on. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.